Welcome to episode number 18 of Jagged Parts, the audio experience. My guest today is actor, director, acting teacher, and an incredibly warm, compassionate, and generous human being, Michael Kostroff. Based in New York City, Michael has had a prolific acting career on both the stage and film and television for several decades. Best known for his work as gang attorney Maurice Maury Levy on five seasons of HBO's legendary series, The Wire, and dozens of other television appearances including Billions, The Blacklist, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, Luke Cage, The Deuce, Elementary, The Good Wife, Damages, Gotham, Vinyl, Blue Bloods, Banishee, and opposite Robert De Niro in HBO films, Wizard of Lies. Also a prolific stage actor, Michael understudied the Tony Award-winning role of Max by Ali Stock on the first national tour of the producers and also worked in the 25th anniversary U.S. tour of Les Mis and stood by on Broadway in the Nance. A former advice columnist for Backstage from 2006 to 2012, Michael Kostroff is also a director, audition coach, and a frequent guest instructor at colleges, universities, and drama schools. He's the author of Letters from Backstage, Answers from the Working Actor, and Audition Psych 101. On that note, Michael will be in Vancouver to teach his Audition Psych 101 workshop on Sunday, March 3rd at the Film Television Audition event hosted by Reality Curve Theatre. You can find further details at www.realitycurve.com. This is his fourth visit as a guest instructor at this event. I attended his workshop at the same event last year and I can tell you that it is not to be missed. He deconstructs the ideas that make actors feel scared, nervous, insecure, discouraged, and unworthy and explores some of those strange, illogical actor mythologies. He considers fresh ideas and practical techniques for making auditions much more enjoyable and successful. In addition, Michael will also be presenting his Five Lines and Under workshop on Saturday, March 2nd, which focuses specifically on auditioning for roles with just a few lines analyzing brief on-camera characterizations, hunt for clues, and conquering nerves. Hey, trust me, those small role auditions are some of the hardest to do. You have such limited time to sell the characters, and I find that actors often either make a meal of it or be completely dismissive about it and not design and work the audition out to sell the character. Unfortunately, I do think this this workshop is sold out. Michael's website, www.auditionsite101.com, also has a ton of resources for actors about auditioning, motivation, and positive thinking, and also weekly videos where Michael shares his thoughts and tips on auditioning. I highly recommend checking it out. It's www.auditionsite101.com. So, without further ado, here's my chat with Michael Kostroff. Michael. Hi. I'm great. Thank you so much for doing this, uh, sitting all the way in New York City. I was going to say the wonders of technology. I, it's great that we, uh, we could do this. Yeah, I know. I uh, got to know of your work um, in the Reality Curve um, film TV event last year, and I noticed that you were back in town this, uh, this year. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do is come back. First of all, I love, I love uh, Paul Piaskowski, who runs uh, Reality yeah. Curve. He's a great guy, and um, the response has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to not only my class, but you know, they put together this whole all day event, which is pretty great. Right. How many years yeah. have, you, have you been going here? I believe this will be my fourth year. Okay. And we've added other things besides my audition psych 101. We did a, uh, 
we did a class a, a class on comedy comedic acting which was fun okay. uh, this year i'm doing one that's specifically on uh, parts of five lines and under which i think yes, they're so hard you know mm-hmm. uh that one's sold out but uh but it's yeah we 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 uh it's been quite a quite a nice relationship with that uh, that theater company. Cool, and yeah, that's a great event for the listeners who are not aware of it. I'm going to share a link to the registration. I think there's a few spots left, so people better jump on it. So, Michael, um, uh, I'd like to start off with a bit of an origin story about you. So, where were okay. you born, and where did you grow up, and then how did you get into this business? So, uh, the last question is the hard one. Okay. Uh, I was I was born and raised in New York City. Okay, uh, very proud native New Yorker. And, um, you know, it's, I don't have the most interesting story about how I started in the business. I, uh, I, I think as soon as I knew there was such a thing as acting, I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. It's, it's kind of my calling. Okay. But I, for, for, for several reasons, really struggled a long time and, and didn't work. And, you know, uh, I was very, very shy. I was really shy. I had a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff going on. So um, I didn't have a particular big break. I just sort of hung in there and I did what a lot of people do. I waited tables. I, I acted right. for free. I <laughs> got whatever little bits and pieces. And then not till my late thirties or so, cause I'm a, I'm a late bloomer and everything mid to late thirties. I, I started to book things and book more and, and you know, uh, and it just sort of, went on from there but uh there wasn't a big breakout thing you know oh wow okay so that's a it's a dull story i'm telling you (laughs) (laughs) no that's uh, really interesting is one of the things i wanted to get in with you later is you know uh it's a marathon it's not a sprint and people often treat it like a sprint yeah and also it doesn't it doesn't travel in a straight line i think a lot of actors think you know you get a job then you get more jobs then you get more jobs but it, it really is more like one of those uh what is it? EKG charts. Yeah. (laughs) One of the analogies I've heard is it's like playing careers, snakes and ladders. Yeah. It is just (laughs) go up and you you fall back down. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So, uh, you'll be in town in Vancouver very soon. Uh, Yeah. Here for the reality curve event where you do an introduction to your workshop, the audition One Hundred and One, and then you're also doing another workshop this, this year, right? Right. Can you talk about, about your workshops? Well, um, Audition Psych 101 is a class that I've been teaching for, I think it's 13 years now, okay. all over the U.S. as well yeah. as in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's strictly, it's an unusual class because it, it's strictly about the psychological part of auditioning. Right. And the reason this became my expertise is that I was so bad at it. I was so shy and so, I suffered through auditions when I was first starting out. I, it was, I was as bad at it as anybody could be. Um, and over the years, thanks to my very analytical brain, I started to try to separate the, the truth from the mythology and rethink some of the things that I thought about auditioning. And I, I found I had some really faulty, weird thoughts that weren't helping me. Um, this is not positive thinking. This is not magic. This is not superstition. This is realigning ourselves with facts. So right. it's a four-hour class that's mostly a, a conversation about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. I mean, the, the things that, you know, actors have a lot of superstitions. They think there's some magic monologue or, or some catchphrase you say when you go in the, off, in the casting office or some, <laughs> some shortcut. And it's really sort of, we laugh a lot because we, yeah. we realize we, we all have these crazy ideas. Right. Um, I love teaching this class. It's, 
really amazing and fulfilling to me because I, I love I love our tribe mm-hmm. and to be able to uh, alleviate some of the the terror and the fear and the confusion and all the stuff that actors and I, I love that actors write to me all the time they're like that changed my whole life like the next audition was so much easier yeah um, and that's what I do it's become my it's become my specialty and I just I really dig it I, I uh, really do yeah I mean one of the things I remember from uh, your uh, chat was the you know I'm not gonna like saying to yourself I'm not getting the fucking job I'm not booking the job <laughs> and some people in the room when I looked around people were like what because you know what yeah. people are brainwashed into kind of artificially pumping themselves up yes be like yeah I, this is, I got this like you know I am gonna book it but then of course you're gonna do your best you're gonna do all the prep but then there's so many variables and it's it separates the result from the process for me so much. And you know, it's funny because I, um, I, I think a lot of the things I teach are, are counterintuitive. <laughs> you know, they're against what, what a lot of people try to believe. Right. I, I'm not a positive thinker. <laughs> and I, I feel like this, the, the, the least likely outcome from an audition is a job. Mm. And that's just the math. That's, that's not It's just the math. True. So we're trying to thread this needle. And meanwhile, we're not enjoying the couple of moments where you get, to, you know, I, I had two auditions today on a Saturday, which was unusual. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get them. I had a great time. What a great way to spend my Saturday being an actor, you know? Yeah. Uh, so uh, shifting the focus is major. It's, it's, right. it makes, it's, first of all, it's sensible. It's, mm-hmm. it's, if you look at it, it's logic. Yep. Uh, it's, but you have to be willing to let go of the, the sort of the untruths that we hang on to. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could will this into being, I could, you know, I could prepare enough that they're going to have to cast me. It's not like that. Yeah. You know, it's just not, it's not, it's not even scientific. They, you know, as I point out, they, they don't always even cast the best actor. Right. So how are you going to make them cast you? You can't, Yeah. you know? Yeah, I agree. I mean, to yeah. me, that's not pessimistic. That's just like facing the facts, the truth. It, it's like science. I mean, yeah. it's like, they're just, there, there are so many of us that most of the people who go on the audition will not get the part. That's just the, the it's just math. Yeah. You know? So when we sort of relax into that, it, uh, so much of the nerves goes away because we're, when we're no longer trying to crack a code that can't be cracked, mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. It's, I, you know, I, I'm my own p- poster child because I love auditioning now. I really love it. I have such a good time, mm-hmm. you know? It's so much more fun. Yeah. So when you were younger in the business and you had all your own superstitions and and whatnot, what yeah. were some of your things? I'm kind of curious. Well, I think my my worst thing was I always felt like I had snuck in and I didn't belong in the room and they were going to yell at me and tell me to get out because it's a professional audition and I don't belong there. I mean, I really had a lot of stuff about not belonging in the room. And so as a result, I, I rushed everything and I would, I would do my material really fast and get out of their way. I mean, I think that was the, that was the big, my biggest mythology was thinking they don't w- want to see me yeah. at all. Well, and most actors um, struggle with that, I think. I think so. Yeah. I think uh, it's funny. The, the outside world thinks that we're very stuck up, mm-hmm. you know, that actors are stuck up. I, I know very few actors who are stuck up. I think most of us have, uh, low self-esteem and think that everybody else is better. I know I feel that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of us, a lot of us struggle with that and it's, um, it's smart to address it True. early on, you know? Um, do you remember the point where you kind of hit this breakthrough? 
No, I'm always the last to know. I, um, a friend made me teach this class because she said, you have all this wisdom about auditioning. I said, I do? She goes, yeah. Every time I have an audition, you tell me. So, I, so I, I didn't know until she pointed it out. I went, wow, these are a lot of ideas. You know? yeah. No, I don't, I don't remember that point at all. I just remember, well, you know, part of it also is volume. You, you go on enough of them. You, that's part of getting better at it. Right. You know, but uh, boy, that was, I, 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 this was hard one for me. Seriously hard one. You know, I envy people who don't have, I, well, probably everybody has, has challenges with auditioning. I think it's one of the hardest things we do. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, to me, like one of the things, like you said, everyone's uh, journey is unique, but a consistent thing that I've noticed in, my, in myself and other actors is just aiming for the result. Right. I mean, if right. that's what you're thinking about, then obviously you're going to be nervous because, of course, you want it. <laughs> well, and also you, you're trying to control something you can't control, so you get nervous, you know. Right. But also, you know, I, I coach actors for auditions, which is really fun. And what I love is when they come in thinking about the audition and leave thinking about playing the role. Yeah. You know, they're like, I don't care if I get it. I just can't wait to play this part now. And that's, that's the goal, you know. Right. So you taught, you you teach this workshop all across the states and in Canada and Vancouver. Um, I'm just curious as overall, do you notice any differences in the actors in the states versus Canada? Uh, not at all, and um, it's one of the things I love is the universality of our our. I, I always call them our tribe, you know, because right. we talk actor talk, and mm-hmm. it's uh, um, it's really remarkable how consistent. Uh, and when I've met actors from other countries, same thing. Right. Is that, uh, I, I don't mean that we're all the same. I just mean we have a, we have a commonality about us, and that's what I love. I, I think one of the things, things that people enjoy about my class is you get a bunch of us in a room, yeah. and we start laughing at the fact that we're all thinking the same, same crap. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. what? Uh, especially in Vancouver, where, where it's like hundreds of people in the same room, and we're all going, oh, my God, it's not just me. We're all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But more in terms of attitude, do you find? Because the uh, general perception is Canadians can be a bit too polite in terms of even their acting and they're, they're kind of apologetic in their acting. Maybe so. I, I mean, it's, it's the same. There's a group that comes to New York from London uh, once a year and they have the same issue of being much too apologetic. But I, I don't know if that may be more appropriate to the Canadian market. So I'm not really sure. I know in New York, they like brash. You know, they respond well to brash. They don't, they don't want apologies. They don't want soft. They right. want people to just be like, sound doing it, you know? Right. So you still work in theater as well, or you only work in film TV? Program? I absolutely work in theater. I, I am. I love theater. And uh, um, I've been directing theater uh, uh, lately, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, most of the stuff I do is musical theater, which surprises people who know my TV work because I play all these, you know, <laughs> these asshole lawyers and stuff. Yeah, lawyers. But, but you know, it, in between those gigs, I'm I'm running around singing and dancing and being stupid. So it's wow. Fun. Yeah. So you mostly direct theater now, or do you act in theater as well? So oh, I act. I, yeah, yeah I, I mostly act in theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. How do you yeah. balance the two? It must be challenging, no? Um, not really. Not so no? far. I mean, I you know. I think people have this idea that actors at my level are just sort of sorting through offers and mm-hmm. it's not true. You know, it's very rare that things conflict because I don't, you know, you take the jobs as they come along. Right. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I mean the, the thing that's interesting about directing is it's a shorter gig. It's only a couple of weeks, so it's right. easier to fit into the schedule. Right. Okay. You know? uh, uh, but no, I have to get my, 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 
fix as a stage actor. I have to. Uh, there are certain times a year that are reliably slow for, for TV, mm-hmm. uh, summer and uh, around the holidays and the winter. So I'm always off doing something. Cool. Yeah. Is, so you've been in New York your whole life? Did you ever move out west? Uh, I lived in LA for 20 years. Oh, okay. um, that's kind of where my career started to take root. I see. Uh, and I just, you know, at a certain point got homesick and moved, moved back to New York, but uh, uh, LA was good to me. Yeah. So I'm missing the weather right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I appreciate about, appreciate about the West coast. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of snow here and the city shuts down. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure. I'm sure Toronto is, uh, used to snow yeah similar to new york yeah um but so basically you missed new york and that's why you moved back yeah and i i really i want to do more theater it's my it's my joy so i'm you know back here where there's a lot more theater Mm -hmm. so so michael i was going through your website and it's a wealth of information there's so many i love your videos you do weekly videos right yeah this is something i just started doing a little while ago as kind of my gift uh gift to people i uh you know, even with the four-hour workshop that I teach about auditioning, right. there, there, are, there are still tiny little issues that I never get to. So I started doing these, like, you know, five, six-minute videos mm-hmm. on all kinds of, like, minutiae. Like, like, what do you do if you're running late? You know, uh, you know uh, picking out an outfit. Like, all these little things that people worry about. And, and you know, people, my, my, my subscribers write to me, and they're like, do one on this subject, do one on this subject. And people are loving them. And I, I just... Uh, yeah, they're, they're on my, uh, my website, auditionpsych101.com. Yeah. And um, it's just a free little thing I do. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I was just looking through them and there's one memorization, uh, not auditioning, which is a good one again, because, you know, sometimes actors, when they're not auditioning, and then they just go stir crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's also what I call the, the goodies page that has like articles and um, quotes and just anything I come across that I think is valuable to people in right. and around the subject. Um, and uh, I hope people are visiting it. I think they are checking out all those things. Yeah, this is awesome. And I noticed that you, you also write on Backstage, right? Uh, not or anymore. That was a long anymore. time ago. I used, to, I used to write the advice column for Backstage, okay. Okay. At, which I loved. I loved that. Um, that uh, column closed up, um, I think, like 2013 or so. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic that an actor with your experience level is kind of giving back. Um, so, well, you know, I think that's very much part of our tradition. Like that's how I learned stuff was from people with more experience than I, mm-hmm. and I, I take that responsibility really, really seriously, very, very seriously. And also it, it's, it's a joy. I mean, it's really a joy to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it. I think, I don't think people really get how, how fulfilling it is to sort of reach back and go, Hey, here's a little thing I learned. This is going to help you. Mm-hmm. And have people go, oh, wow, thank you. And like, that's, that's an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the other workshop that you'll be teaching in Vancouver, it's the Nailing the Small Role, right? Yes, Was yes, it? yes. So, that one is, it's, it's sold out, but I'll tell you about it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, as I said, I do a lot of coaching for, for actors. And, and um, I have found that the small roles, one, one two, three lines, those are hard. They're the hardest I find for me. They're really hard. It's easier to do four pages of dialogue for me. Um, and I remember what that feeling was of, of like, it's like being shot out of a can and all of a sudden you have this spark of a second. 
Yeah. And it's very easy to kind of, kind of cramp up and freak out. And, you know, so I love the clients who come to me to, to work on these, these one and two line parts. It's really smart. Yeah. Um, it's also amazing that very often we go, Oh, I didn't see that. Here's an interesting thing. So I started doing a class, uh, just a, a, a lab, um, mm -hmm where we do a whole bunch of, uh, of sides that are just, some of them are way dull, like, yep. you know, more coffee, and yep. some of them are a little more involved, and sort of helping people see uh, where to find the clues, right. when to let it go, you know, when to throw it away, and, mm -hmm. uh, and how little you can actually do. I, you know, actors aren't trained for those. They're not, no. You know, in an acting class, you don't, do, you don't do the waiter asking for more coffee. Yeah. In acting class, you do, you know, Hamlet. <laughs> you know, we're always the leads. Yeah. And so th there's a tendency to want to make an interesting, unusual choice right. and stand out. And those, those, oh, those things are death. Those, that's, that's just the worst. The worst goal is to try to stand out and be different. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just finding out if the customer wants more coffee. Right. Yeah, you know. well, that's very good advice. I mean, I find those challenging. I tend to go for a lot of like characters in charge. If I go for the small roles, it's like SWAT officers or police cops. And right. like you said, like my first line is freeze, you know, so no. I enter with this, you have no time to get in. It's just like be on right away, right? You got to jump in. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's, it's really, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this tip, tip to your listeners because it's, it sounds so simple, but it's really saving my ass in my auditions. It's like, Rather than trying to get a job, like, especially like if you're the SWAT team guy, you have to communicate. You have to make sure they know what you're saying mm -hmm. and that they, that, you know, that, that there's something that you want to want to tell somebody and make sure they get it or, mm -hmm. or find out, you know, find out if the suspect is, is guilty or not, whatever it is. And embracing that task of like, I'm going to go make sure that reader knows that we're from the SWAT team yeah. and they got to cooperate or whatever. Right. Uh, um, it saves your butt. It just kicks all the nerves out. Right. That's what that SWAT team leader doesn't care about an audition or a casting director. Yeah, you're selling the the part, right? Your SWAT team or your doctor or your, your, your right. Use that for sure. Right. What are some other um, things you notice actors do in those smaller auditions that can mess them up? Um, I talked about trying to stand out, which I think is a terrible mistake. Mm -hmm. um, and they try to. I think they try to show how interesting they are as actors. And there's this really bad, bad mindset of uh, do something nobody else is doing. Right. Yeah. Let's oh. talk about that one. <laughs> let's, say again. I hear, I, let's talk about that one because I hear that a lot. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's what I figured out. The casting director sees an unusual choice. Right. From his or her perspective. But the actor doesn't get there by trying to be unusual. Do you follow? So like I, okay, so I, I did a part on this show called Vinyl. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the set, the director said, you know, we changed the whole idea of this character based on your reading. Um, and I thought I didn't see any other way to do it. Right. You know, I wasn't trying to be different. Yeah. Trying to be different leads to illogical choices. Like, oh, I'm going to give him an accent for no reason. Or, <laughs> you know, make him really nervous, even though it's not in the script. Or, you know, create some sort of weird intrigue. And it's, if it's not there, don't do it. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be unique just by virtue of being unique. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, it's, it's a trap. It's really a bad trap. Yeah. So I see people do that and I, you know, I, uh, 
I also see a lot of people come in very apologetic because they're like, they're sort of embarrassed that it's such a small part. So they're like, feel dumb or they want to create some sort of conversation in the room, mm-hmm. you know, for, just for no reason. There's all that jittery, weird energy. It's like, throw that shit out. It's just, it's, it's, it's not scoring any points. Yeah. Maybe that's hard. I think that's hard advice to follow, but it's, I think w- once you realize that this one line, that is the gig, that's the gig today. That's all you need to do. Yeah. You know? True. I mean, yeah, I, I actually don't even like the word choice because to me, when, when, because choices, it just sounds so artificial, right? You're like, oh, okay, this is what the material is and what's the choice here. I, I mean, agree. I agree with you. Just like focus on material hard enough, you will find it in the writing. What it is. Yeah, you just the choice is just do it. You know, <laughs> it's like now that I'm directing more, they're like, "Well, what's your concept?" I'm like, "Do the play. That's my concept." <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing. But I mean, we 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 torture ourselves. Yeah, we, do. we put ourselves through a lot of crap we don't need to do. Yeah, and I know? mean, to me, it's something you said earlier. A lot of us struggle with not feeling enough. Yeah, and we have to add more on top, and you know. Just you is enough, and your authenticity is all it needs to make it stand out. Yeah. There was this one guy in my last class, my last uh, five lines and under class. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just a really unusual type. And what we all discovered together from watching him was on, on this particular actor, mm-hmm. he didn't have to do a damn thing. He mm-hmm. was fascinating. The right. less he did, the more interesting, because he's just interesting. Right. You know? And it's, uh, it's really remarkable for people to work in a group like that. And there's, al- there's almost always one take where I go, okay, now do, do nothing. Yeah. And everybody goes, that was my favorite one. <laughs> you know, it's a weird thing. It is. We, we, we want to feel like we're working, but sometimes the best work is not working. Yeah. You know, like not, not working that hard. That's true. Very yeah. true. Any other audition tips that... You. Oh, I mean, there are so there are so many. I teach a, I teach a four hour class in those. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, God, I'm, now I have to sort of select from my collection. Um, okay, actually, let me ask you a more specific question. Okay, yes, good. So this is about chit chat in the audition room, right? I'll give you my perspective. I yes. am not a big talker in audition rooms because I just I feel cheap. I feel like I'm trying to sell myself. So I'm, I'm maybe at the other end of the extreme where I go in, I just say hello. And sometimes even if they try to make a conversation with me, I'm just like, yes or no answers because I just want to get to the audition. Yeah. Um, maybe that's an extreme. But yeah, what's your perspective on that chit-chat in the audition room? Well, you know, I, I, I'm happy to say I'm at a point now where I just, you know, it's like talking to normal people. I don't have like a weird, I, I think what I caution people against is anything that involves effort where you're trying to do something, you're trying to create a false conversation because you think it's going to make them like you more or, or that stuff is very uncomfortable for the casting director to be around, you know? Um, uh, So it's, it's the, it's the manipulative kind of conversation that you really have to watch out for. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, I, I think, you know, as, as you know, I, t- I teach that we, we should take care of them instead of them taking care of us. Right. And um, I always want them to be comfortable. So in, in this case you described with you, if the cast director wants to talk, I think you should be available for that. That's you know? true. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not, but, I'm, not a, I'm not an asshole. I will be well, but I just, 
I don't know. I feel uh, it depends. It's, and well, I think I, it depends I, on the role too. Like, yeah. if, you know, you're going in for all these SWAT team guys. They probably would answer like that. Right. Yeah. It depends on the zone I'm in. And, right. Um, I don't think that's wrong at all. I, I don't think that's wrong at all, but you know, and for me personally on this, I actually prefer to talk after the audition. Like, let me yeah. do the audition and then let's chit chat a little bit. Yeah. I don't know, this is my thing, but I think, I think that's great knowing what works for you. Um, yeah. I, I had one audition couple oh, I don't remember when, but, we ended up talking about this actor that was in the waiting room who's brilliant. Right. And I just, I mean, it's like the funniest thing. This is just the, the, the conversation just, just organically. But I was like, that guy is so good. And she goes, isn't he? I'm like, he's just, like I've seen him in so many things. And that was the, it's just that's where the conversation went. Right. Oh, oh. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I like just kind of being relaxed and open enough to, to do that. Right. You know. I mean, it all depends on the relationship you have with someone, right? If you know them, then you know them. But like you said, it's not trying to artificially create something that's not there. No, I, I think I think people, actors sometimes think, well, um, I have to let them know my, my personality and then they'll be more likely to cast me. And it's, oh, it's all this mythology. It's like, they, they just really just do the part. That's the main thing. It's, they're really looking for that more than anything else. You know? Right. So Michael, you've worked on a ton of shows that I love and uh, what are some of yeah. your most memorable projects that you worked on? So, uh, of course, The Wire because yeah. it was such a good show. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to watch it again. I haven't seen it since the first time around and I forgot how great that show is um, and of course it was an honor to be on it. Um, I think the ones that I, the ones that are the most memorable for me are the ones that are, are the weirdest and the most unusual. Um, I got to do a part on a show called Banshee, which is a really dark, weird show. Okay. And you know, I play lots of lawyers and yes. suits and doctors and so I don't know how, but they decided they wanted me to play this guy, an ex-con, Southern. I had long hair. I had neck tattoos. I had scars. I was smoking and drinking and cursing. I got to do a stunt fight and I'm like, this never happens in my career, you know? You're not so, getting the job for sure. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, that was like, yeah. I don't know how this happened. I had, you know, I had no bag of tricks and it's, uh, those are the ones I remember the most are, are the ones where I got to really stretch as an actor. Now last, um, uh, year ago, Christmas, I was doing hairspray on stage playing a woman dancing oh, wow. in heels, you know, it's like, that's when I go, it's, it's kind of amazing to be an actor. Like I'm playing all these really out there parts, you know? Uh, so, uh, so I know people expect me to say, you know, the wire and, and the deuce and, and, you know, uh, the good wife and blacklist. I don't know if all these play up, up where you are, but, yeah, they do. um, and I of course love doing all those shows. I mean, I, I love them. Uh, law and order, uh, is the most fun to work on. Oh, is it? Because uh, Mariska Hargitay, and you would never, never expect this, is one of the funniest people I've ever met in my whole life. Oh, really? She is, she is so damn funny. And we crack jokes between takes, and then we go at each other. You know, and I, I just, uh, that was a lot of fun. I always get excited when I get to go back to that show. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She always makes fun of me. Right? Is Say it again? filmed in New York? Is it filmed in it's New York? It's filmed in New York, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And mm. they usually bring me back to defend the worst criminals possible. Last time it was a rapist. Uh, the other time it was two guys who put their mother in the freezer. And oh my <laughs> So I'm always the lawyer defending those guys. But, wow. uh, but in between takes, we're just being stupid. 
Yeah. yeah. So The Wire, um, you uh, were in, which seasons were you on? Um, I was on all five seasons. All five, okay. Yeah. And you yeah. were playing the DA who was defending, um, I know, Stringer Bell, Idris Elba's character, right? I was playing the lawyer for the drug gang. The drug yeah, gang, for, yes. for the entire drug gang. Anytime the drug dealers got in trouble, I was yeah. their guy. Yeah. So was what was fun. that experience like? Well, you know, what, what I love about it is, again, I'm, I'm like a comedy guy. I like, I like musical theater. And here I was playing this really serious scumbag that everybody hates. Right. And again, that was fun. Like, people, fans of the show walk up and they're like, oh, I hate you. And they're smiling, you know, which is like, you know, that's a big compliment as an actor. Because in real life, I'm such a, I'm like nothing like that guy. Right. So, um, um, yeah, and of course, it was just an honor. You know, it was an honor to be on, on that show. I, I, I really can't, I still marvel that I got, I got chosen for it. Because that, uh, I think that one was a breakthrough role. I mean, I'd been working for, for years, but um, I think that that certainly upped people's awareness of me, which is neat. Right. But I think the best thing about it was being such a jerk. Mm. Like I just, he was, I played just the worst guy. <laughs> he had no, no ethics whatsoever. You know? Yeah. And I mean, just such an amazing cast of actors. Oh my God. You know, what I love about that show is particularly that it's so many black actors who we never heard of mm-hmm. just laying down brilliant brilliant performances that like I, I like i watch them i'm like i don't even know how how to do what you're doing there you know uh and not just not just the leads but um, you know chad coleman who played the boxer right and uh you know um uh, uh th- there's so many of them so many of them the, the characters of, of brother muzone and and uh, proposition joe and you know these guys the guy who played proposition joe was an acting teacher you know oh. he trained all the all the kids for season four oh, and wow. you know uh, and I love to hear that all these guys playing gang members and they're like out of Juilliard and Yale and they're like mm-hmm. Shakespeare guys. And, you know, uh, that was, that was, that made me happy. I think it, you know, it kind of, I feel like the unwritten messages, yeah, write the roles, the talent, the talent is out there, mm. you know? So yeah, it's a good one. That was a good one. Um, yeah. I'm, I, it's so, it's so hard to sort of pick, other favorite experiences, but I, you know, the other one is I've, I've done the producers now seven mm-hmm. times and that's, wow. that, that that's fun. It's totally exhausting and I love it. So yeah. is that on Broadway? Where, where are you doing that? I, I did the producers on tour, okay. toured, toured the whole country in, in the producers and then, you know, doing just regional productions of it, wherever they, wow. they want me. Yeah. So you love doing that show? I love doing it. I just, yeah, I love the live stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, coming up, I'm doing a pretty a pretty heavy project. I'm doing um, a mini series called "The Plot Against America." Okay, and it was written. It was it's based on a book written um, by Philip Roth, and it's an alter, alternate reality story where if this different guy had won the presidency instead of Roosevelt back in the forties, okay. how everything would have changed. You know? Oh wow! It's scary as hell. It is so scary. So it's like a dystopian drama. It is, and it's it's way too close to home for what's going on with us now. Right. Yeah. Wow. So you're filming that currently? Uh, I'll start in, in April. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that HBO? Yeah, it's another HBO. Yeah, it sounds like HBO. <laughs> another, another David Simon project for HBO. Yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah, they've so been you, good to me. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, obviously, HBO is 
up there basically in terms of the quality and probably the best. Do you notice any difference working between HBO and other, what is it about them? How do they maintain that? Well, quality? you know, one of the things is they take their time. They, 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 they create a schedule that really allows for quality work, you know, right. and they're also not afraid of things that are controversial or different or, you know, or, or, or casting people who are not stars, you know? Right. Uh, so I don't know. I, 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 I've had a very good relationship with them and I'm, I'm so grateful of, you know, for all the, th I did the, the, the HBO film opposite Robert De Niro, which was amazing, you know, uh, about Bernie Madoff. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, um, I, I still can't believe I get to do work of that fantastic quality. Cause I'm like all of us, I'm convinced I'm faking it and I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> So uh, on TV, you do a lot of serious drama. And like you mentioned, not a lot of people know that you're a huge uh, comic actor. Yeah, that's my thing. So do you, find, um, do you find you do more comedy on stage and more drama on TV? Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's really jarring for, for like fans of The Wire who come see me you yeah. know, singing and dancing and being funny. They're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even understand what's happening right now. <laughs> um, it's fun. But, you know, I think... I think I think having fun with this stuff is, uh, is, is sort of a, the key to, to, to everything. And, um, you know, it's, again, one of, the, one of the magical things and why I'm so looking forward to this class in, in Vancouver is getting to sort of re-inspire actors to uh, focus on the art more than the career. Mm -hmm. You know, enjoy the role you get to play today at the audition, you know. Um, and by the way, I, I think, I don't know if you mentioned this, but, the, but you know, the day is not just me. They've got a casting director. They've got you know, mm -hmm. for, for, I, a director, I believe. They've got a, I forgot. I, I, should, I should have this at the, at the tip of my tongue, but I don't. But it's, uh, it's um, oh, you have it there. Yeah, here, I'll um, just uh, pull it up. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, so I know Rekha Sharma, who's an actor here in Vancouver, is going to be moderating it. Or she's, sorry, she's one of the panelists. And then... Mm -hmm. Uh, one of the moderators is an actor here. They have Clark yeah. and Page, who are one of the major casting directors here. And then there's a, I think David something. Yes, he's the showrun. He's a showrunner of one of the shows here, and and a director. It was so cool last time because I did my four hour class, and I, I, you know, I shared my controversial opinions, and I had a little skepticism. And then mm -hmm. the casting director, who had not watched my workshop, came in and confirmed everything I had just said. And right. people were like, going, going, "Wow, you really like." It, it was almost like I had paid him to do it, but you know, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it always, it always sells out, you know, we've got just a, uh, I think a week left. It's, it's on the second and third of March. I've right. lost track of, lost track of time. Um, uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's less than a week, isn't it? Yeah. Less than a week. So it's Robert yeah. C. Cooper, who's going to be the other panelist. And who, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a it's a full day of stuff. I th I really really want your listeners to grab those remaining seats because um, it doesn't happen often, and it's um, it's a really well. You you went to it last time. Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, it was a valuable uh, experience. RealityCurve.com/slash/audition/event is where people can register. So it definitely is fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. Michael, being in the business so long, I mean, it's refreshing to see that you're, you know, sometimes you meet actors who've been doing it for a while and there's a hint of cynicism or jadedness about the business. Yeah. So I don't really get any from you. <laughs> no. So how have you managed to not let that creep in at all? <laughs> um, low expectations. <laughs> 
I, you know, I, my career has so exceeded what I thought would happen <laughs> because, because I'm such a cynic myself that I, I don't mean cynic, uh, cynic, but I'm like pessimistic that I, I, I still, I still can't believe that I'm like the guy who's the guest on your, on your podcast. Like I'm, you know, that I'm, and we were talking about all this HBO stuff. I'm thinking, wow, is that me? So, uh, yeah, I, I have, I still, I think I, I, I really am anti-entitlement. I, I don't ever think that anybody's entitled to a career. So every, everything that I get to do, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I really am. Uh, because, you know, there are lots of, lots of better actors than I who are not having the success that I'm having. So I'm, I'm well aware that I'm really lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, and this is such a corny, corny thing to say, but it's really important, especially, you know, you had, you had written to me to ask about like what I would say to a younger actor, you know, mm-hmm. relishing where you are in your journey will save you a lot of heartache because there's always something else. There's always a, a dangling carrot. There's always something else that you want to do. And I see actors really drive themselves nuts focusing on where, the, what they haven't, haven't gotten to yet. You know, like when I first started out, like I was like, how do you get an agent? How do you get an agent? I wasn't going to get an agent at that stage. I should have just enjoyed, you know, the free theater I was doing for free, the classes I was taking, right. and being where I was being. It doesn't mean that you don't you shouldn't be ambitious and aspire to more, but mm-hmm. to feel like you have failed unless you reach this or this or this or this, that can go on in your whole life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I am uh, very successful in television, not so much in New York theater. So mm-hmm. if I, I I could be driving myself crazy over that, right? But I, I'm I'm like, no, shut up. Look at where you are right now, you know? Um, and I think that's a, that's a really important thing that's kept me um, really enjoying what I do. And like I said, the, the low expectations and the lack of entitlement, I'm like, I don't, I never think, well, how dare they? I should have gotten that part. Never, never. Yeah, yeah that's great. I love that you said that gratitude. And uh, I mean, I find uh, especially younger actors these days, you know, growing up just, hooked onto social media. It's so easy to fall into that trap of constantly comparing yourself. Oh God. Yeah. It, it really is. And, and um, yeah, that's deadly. That's deadly. Uh, and social media is not, it's not real. You know, I mean, I think we, we only hear about the success stories for the most part, you know, people don't post and say, Oh, I, I got overlooked for this part. Yeah. You know, mostly they're like, Hey, let's celebrate. I got it. So, it's it's really just the highlights, kind of, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things I wish I had known when I was first starting out was that behind all that, everybody's got their own anxieties. They've got their own insecurities. They've got their own things that they're worried about. And that group includes directors, casting directors, producers, everybody. I always felt like I was I was the weirdo, you know. Turns out we're all weirdos. Yeah we are you know all human <laughs> yeah it's true so um yeah what else can i tell you <laughs> um what are some let's say habits that you've picked up along the years that have just helped you stay focused dedicated balanced um mentally healthy yeah um the, the mentally healthy thing is important um I, I feel like particularly for actors, 
getting to know what your issues are and dealing with them is really important because like if you have anger issues it's going to come out in rehearsal you're going to get a right. bad reputation <clears throat> you've got to deal with that shit on your own mm-hmm. um, i'm very open about the fact that i suffer from depression i resisted taking medication for it for a long time mm. and it was very difficult to function in the business when right. i was not on medication because i was a downer and i'd get weird and i'd crash out and you know i mean and you don't want that to be your reputation right so so whether it's getting therapy or or you know a religious practice or meditation or whatever it is uh, i think it's really important to pursue self-knowledge and i don't mean this in a big big fat spiritual way i just mean you got to know yourself and you got to know what you got to know what your shit is and deal with it uh because it's you can't you can't put that on other people you know, very true. Um, so, so that's really important. I, you know, and also, I, I, I don't want to set myself up as a, as a, you know, the, the perfect example. I mean, I get between jobs, I, I, I sometimes get like freaked out, or sure. I wait, I waste time. You know, I, I'm not productive all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found though that, uh, you know, right now I wear a lot of hats, and it's, it's great to have other things to do besides acting, because God knows that doesn't happen all the time. Right. You know, um, I think. Uh, one of the best things that actors can do for themselves is um, cultivate the camaraderie of actors. You know, it's a good group and we like to take care of each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's our best resource is us, you know, uh, for support, for people who really know what the hell you're going through, yep. who know what it feels like when you get bummed out, you know, or, or think you're not good. And to really build a circle, good, good, good circle of actor friends. You know, we're also, listen, people, me and my friends tell each other about opportunities all the time. Mm. I just did a performance the other night that wouldn't have happened if my friend hadn't said, hey, you should contact these people. Oh, wow. You know, it's, I think we overlook that a lot. Everybody wants to be casting directors and producers and directors. And really, I think actors are your best resource. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, some people have this perception that we're always competing against each other, right? Mm -mm. All the unhealthy by no i don't i don't think that's i don't think that has to be true i don't i I don't i think we have to just not embrace that competition because we're really not in competition you know you can't out out act someone that's the the wrong way to approach it you know yeah so exactly i I mean it's it's funny i like first of all like if in an audition they like you they like you they like someone else they like someone else they're gonna like someone else regardless of you if they like them (laughs) it's like dating you know, this is the other thing. Like, okay, so I, I just finished casting a play that I'm going to be directing. Yeah. We had to not choose. We had to, I only got to choose one person for each role. There were brilliant people who didn't get cast. Right. <clears throat> I think we make the mistake of thinking, well, I must have done something wrong or I must have not been good enough. Mm-hmm. Not true. It killed me. It killed me having to turn away for, for this one particular actress, this one particular role. It killed me making that decision. I, I had a hard time choosing because there was so there was so much good work being done, and I would hate to think that those actors went away thinking that they had failed. Right. That's like I said. This is the norm. The norm is not getting the job. You know. So if we think of it as a failure, we'll drive ourselves crazy. It's just the yeah. norm. You know. Um. We always think, well, what could I have done? Nothing. Nothing. They chose. They choose who they choose. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know? How do you switch between directing and acting? 
Um, it's it's kind of easy, actually. I um, The fact that I'm an actor very much informs the way I direct because I really want to provide the kind of atmosphere that I like mm -hmm. as an actor, which is I want to be trusted, I want to be heard, I want to have a voice mm -hmm. in the character. And I, I, I really don't like when a director, when I, when I feel like I have to negotiate for that. So in my, in my rehearsal rooms, everybody's got a voice. Every, everybody's honored for their, uh, for their artistry. And uh, uh, it, it's kind of an easy switch. And it's really, it's really something to sit out and watch other people do what we do. You know, I, I'm awestruck. I'm awestruck by, the, by, by watching actors. It's very inspiring to me. Yeah, really is. Do you prefer one over the other? I, I will always be an actor first. The yeah. directing is just a sideline. It's just a sideline. It's just that I feel like every, this is going to sound arrogant, but every time I direct, I feel like I'm rescuing a cast of actors from a bad experience <laughs> because I've had, I've had, you know, certain directors that I didn't, weren't especially kind, you know? Right. So with me, they always get kindness. Since you work both in theater and film, I mean, I think there's often but too much noise around, oh, this is theater acting and this is film acting. What's your perspective on that? You know, I got to tell you something. I think, I, I think that's true. I think it is. it is different. Okay. So what are the major differences for you? To me, the, I, I think of it as uh, in versus out is how I look at it. Okay. Uh, like in, in theater, I feel like I'm, I'm pushing the energy out into the audience. And in film and TV, it's like, no, let them come to me. I'm just going to okay. do my thing and, and let them witness it. And I, it, it's taken me a lot of years to realize the camera can see you think. Mm -hmm. Anything more than that, it's too much. You know, right. it, it, anything more than truth is too much. Right. Whereas sometimes on stage, that would never get across the footlights. Mm. So it really is. I mean, I am a, I'm a truth freak. It should be, everything should be truth. But it, right. but it has to as I sometimes say to my coaching clients, it has to have a balloon under it, you know, in, th in theater. Sometimes it has to be filled up more. Mm. Um, and I find them really, really different. Uh, mm. One of the funniest and strangest times in my career, I was on tour with the producers and flying in on my days off to do the wire. And like, there's, there are no two shows that could be more different than that. Right. And it was always, it was a tough, it was a tough adjustment. Very tough. Yeah. You know, to go from running around screaming and singing and dancing and, you know, the biggest over-the-top to the quietest, smallest level right. of acting. Um, so I find theater actors um, often want to show what they're doing. Uh, instead More of presentational. Just, yeah, instead of just letting it happen. Right. You know, I mean, one of the other things is that on, on, on camera, you can, you can watch someone think, like, uh, it'll sustain a pause like nobody's business, mm -hmm. you know? It doesn't feel like anything has dropped out. It's just the characters pondering, yeah. you know? So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, that's a, I, I agree. The camera loves to see you think more than I'll hear you talk. Like, yeah. It's amazing. I've been noticing lately how, you know, actors who I admire and just seeing how they, when it's appropriate to the scene, they take their damn time, mm -hmm. you know? I like how you described the in versus out too. I remember, I think it was Susan Sarandon. She said, when asked the same question, and she said, um, theater acting is like making love and film acting is like masturbating. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of very within yourself, you know. That makes sense. I mean, I think that's, that's not a bad analogy. I just don't like when people say, oh, it's bigger, you yeah. know, because that, that makes it sound like phony. Right. You know. 
I don't think I don't think stage is necessarily bigger. I, I just think it's I don't more know. projected. Something, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I I I I don't know how to describe it any better, but it's uh, it's certainly different to me. Yeah. You know, because it still has to be truthful, right? Even on stage, if it's not truthful, it's yeah. Not. Well, it's like, for example, in in farce. You know, I've done I've done a lot of farce. Mm-hmm. Um. It isn't that it's a hammy fake style. It's that the stakes are so high that it makes you makes it makes it bigger mm-hmm. because it's it's you know you take something trivial and make it life and death. It's funny, you know. Right. But it's as I often say about comedy, it is rarely funny to the characters. You know, that's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah. You know. So yeah. Cool. Any big differences that you find between New York and Los Angeles in the industry? I mean, obviously, New York has a way larger theater scene, but... Um, uh, I don't think I want to say because I'm a little biased. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just like living in New York better? I like New York actors better. I just, oh, really? generally speaking, but I, yeah, don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> Can I ask you why? Oh, man, you're really going to do this, huh? <laughs> uh, I think that actors in... New York are a lot more study oriented and craft oriented and work oriented uh, and in Chicago even more so. Okay. Uh, there are some people in LA who just think, well, I'm cute, so I guess I'll be an actor and you know, uh, are a little bit more interested in becoming famous and recognized than, you know. It's a terrible cliche and it's, listen, I, you know, it is not exclusively true. I mean, there, you know, I know, I know insanely talented actors in LA who are incredibly dedicated. Believe me, I do. Right. Uh, but, but I think that particular category exists more in LA than in New York, the, 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 the more frivolous ones. Right. I mean, that's a bit of a, because the thing is like, even in LA, I mean, there's people from everywhere, right? So oh, yeah. I guess maybe there's, maybe there's a bit of the fame seeking culture a little bit. But yeah. As I said, as I said, there are really, really crafty, you know, actors who are really working on their stuff and, and seriously talented uh, in L.A. I just think that New York doesn't tolerate the other kind as much. I see. Okay. You know? There's more of a filter in New York for that. I think so. I think, I think it just, it's, you know, the city challenges you every day, you know, and in a good way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like maybe in, uh, in L.A. it's an easier to live in a bubble. Um, you just get in so. your car, drive, yeah. go there, drive back. In New York, you're kind of forced to face humanity, right? Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, it's one of the things I love about New York. I mean, you know, L.A. is sort of self-segregated in some ways where people just stay with their little, you know, enclave. And uh, it's a shame because, you know, uh, there are so many things when I'm, when I'm walking around in New York that I just shake my head and go, oh, that's New York for you. That's New York. <laughs> you know? things you just never thought you'd see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting because, I mean, in Vancouver, Vancouver is basically a service down to Los Angeles. Like, um, Vancouver is actually, I think, number three or number four in number of productions in North America now. Really? Yeah. I think maybe Atlanta's higher, or I think Vancouver might be number three. Oh. Like last year, there was something like 56 shows here, all American. I would 50 out of those 56 were American. Wow. Yeah, well, all the CW I'm, stuff here, all, everything is shot up here. It's, it's good to know in case I have to flee the country because I, you know, 
<laughs> I looked into I looked into that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vancouver is a good place. Um, mm. Cool. So you will be in Vancouver soon. March 3rd is the film TV audition event. And then you have your workshop right after. When you come here, how long do you usually come for? Just a few days. Yeah. In and out. Yeah. The, 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 just, just so you know, the Audition Psych 101 workshop is part of the all-day event. So Yes, I know that. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Yes. Sorry. I thought you said the workshop was... Oh, no. Was, I meant the... Um, oh, the five the, and under. The other yeah. audition you have. Yeah. The, the small part. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And that uh, is sold out yet not already though, right? That one's sold out. Yeah. Yeah. I have to keep that one smaller because we're working on scenes and stuff. So, right. you know, the uh, audition TV and film event is a, is a big, huge crowd and it's a lot of fun. Right. I, I'll also have copies of uh, Audition Psych 101, the book for sale there uh, in case people want to take that with them. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it always is. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, so that, and, and I want people to, to, to visit auditionpsych101.com and, and subscribe to those videos. Yes. Uh, cause I think they'll be helpful. I think they're great. And your book yeah. is also available on Amazon, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great. Michael, two more things before we end the episode. Okay. I'm going to throw the Bernard Pivo questionnaire at you. Okay. Okay. So you can't take too long uh, to think about the answers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. Okay. Michael, what's your favorite word? Borscht. What's that? Borscht. Oh, borscht, like the like the dish. Borscht. I just you asked me not to think about okay. it. That was my first thing that came out. <laughs> uh, what's your least favorite word? Um, flatulence. <laughs> That's a good least favorite word. Um, what's your favorite no, uh, sound? Uh, rain. Least favorite sound. People talking during live theater. Does it happen in New York a lot? Yes. Oh yeah. I'm always the one who shushes people. Oh, I can't. Wow. I can't stand it. What is one profession other than your own that you would most like to attempt? Uh, psychologist. Hmm. What is one profession that you would never like to attempt? Firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what's your favorite curse word? Motherfucker. Great one. That's mine too. Um, if you know what's good about, can I just say, you know yeah. what's good about that? In the jazz world, a motherfucker is somebody who can really play. So right. it could be positive or yeah. negative. You yeah. know, some, you know, I, I hang out with a lot of black people and really like somebody's singing like yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. That's motherfucker. true. That's yeah. That's so true. it's, it's good both ways. <laughs> All depends on the context, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if heaven exists, um, and you don't have, even if you're not religious, more just speaking metaphorically, what would you like to hear at the pearly gates? It was close, but you made it in. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> cool. Michael, my last question to you before we end this episode. Um, I love to hear about people's personal journeys and some challenges that they've faced, because I find that um, if, you know, challenges are where we really learn uh, from our failures or setbacks. And if you take the time to really reflect on it, it can lead to exponential growth. Mm -hmm. So what are some challenges that you've had that you've really, really grown from? You know, what comes to mind was one of my most difficult lessons. Um, there was one play I did 
where I was the monster and I didn't know it. Um, you mean you didn't realize when you say you I don't did, know? Okay. I didn't realize until later. Okay. Um, I was playing a part that was really taking a toll on me and I took it out on everybody around me. And um, I also, this is in re- the wisdom in retrospect, I was, I had feelings about what everybody else was doing, the lighting person, the costume person, departments that were not my department, mm-hmm. you know, th- thoughts about, you know, what the director was doing. And I allowed all that to make me really, really, really edgy. And um, I didn't know it. I just didn't know it. I was taking it out on everybody. This is what I mean about dealing with your shit, you know? Right. Um, and I, I have to say something a little bit that uh, uh, um, might sound conceited because it's important to the story. Mm-hmm. I was really good in this part. Everybody really raved about me and the reviews and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When they mounted it again, they did it without me. Yeah. Oh, wow. And that's when I went, oh, God, I was that wow. bad to work with. I was that unpleasant to work with. And I'm telling you, Kunal, I'm being very honest with you. Yes, it, please. It grieved me. It grieved me to my core. I was so upset with myself. I, was, I, I had a hard time forgiving myself. It really was a, a long process. Um, and I went, you know, went around and apologized to everybody, and some of them were not accepting of that apology because I was that awful to work with. I was that much of a beast. Wow. And uh, the good news about this is that I have since then built a reputation as being really, really great to work with. Hmm. And uh, every time people say, oh, you're the easiest person to work with, I'm like, thank God. Hmm. Thank God I recovered from that. But it, it took that to really make me freak out and go, oh, I don't want to be that guy. I, I don't have the right to ruin someone else's experience. You know? Right. So listen, I've been very candid with you. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. that, was, a, that was a tough one. Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that. I think it's an important story because – you know, some people, sometimes people get wrapped up in that, if you call it method, method way of working or whatever. And then oh, yeah. you separate that line, uh, not just for your own mental health, but of the people they, around you and your family. Yeah, and, and, also, and also stick to your department. You know, right. that, was, that was a big lesson for me is like, if the lighting cues are wrong, I shouldn't be noticing that. Yeah. I'm not, you know what I mean? And I was getting mad at everybody. You know, just, just stuff that was none of my business, right. you know? It's always funny when actors say, you know, they, they have this conversation backstage that, I, that I, I say it almost always starts with, don't you think? They're like, don't you think she should come in later on that line? I'm like, well, when you play that part, make sure you do. Because <laughs> today, yeah. you're not playing that part. That's true. You know? Actors directing other actors. So yeah, we do. But you've said something very profound. We do learn from some of our most our biggest failures you know that was a big one for me so when you now play characters who are maybe kind of assholes in film tv how do you separate like how do you switch on and off well first of all i'm not that methody so 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 it's you know it's uh i think it uh but also i i the idea is so in place in my head that I don't have the right to make people's experience unpleasant, no matter what the fuck is going on with me. I don't have that right. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I guard my reputation, you know, vigilantly. 
Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if it gets around that people are like, oh, he's difficult to work with, that's death. Mm-hmm. That's death, you know? Uh, so whatever I'm feeling, I, I, I don't take that out on people anymore, ever. That just can't happen. Because that's, that's how profound that experience was. It was like, wow, this is awful, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Story. Yeah, you're welcome. Michael. You're welcome. Great. Thank I'm you. sure there's somebody out there who needs to hear that today. Oh, for sure. You for know? sure. I mean, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I wouldn't I would say I've come close sometimes to that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just about being a professional too, right? Well, it's hard because we deal with, you know, very emotional topics sometimes and, yeah. you know, very vulnerable, very, you know, exposed stuff. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, managing your mental shit. It's funny. That's become the theme of, of tonight. It's like you got to manage your mind. You know, you gotta, gotta take care of that part of you. Right. You know? Yeah. And I I mean, I don't know the New York scene, but sometimes I've seen acting teachers here that are borderline abusive in terms of you go to a class and you know, Oh, fuck that. You know what I'm talking about, right? So, Oh yeah. It's like the actor teacher trying to be the therapist or, uh, you know, okay, let's talk about this thing you had when you were a child. And I've even seen male teachers getting like, like very inappropriate with female actors and mm-hmm. getting them to like take off clothes just to feel vulnerable and yelling at them. And then they break down and then it's applauded like a major breakthrough. But that's, to me, that's, that's nonsense. Nonsense is abusive. It's also amateur acting. Cause instead no one's going to yell at you. No, it's not an actor. You can get someone well, off the street I, and yell at I'm, a, I'm a great believer in the dignity of the actor. And I think that we have to always stand up for that and not be afraid to say, fuck you. I'm out and walk because right. if, if somebody's inappropriate, it's, you know, nothing is worth that. No acting class, no job, no anything. No, it's never right. worth it because it takes a toll on you, right. you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a great note to end the episode on. Michael, thank you so yeah. much for your time. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Thanks, yeah. Michael. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Michael. Something that I really appreciated about Michael when I got the opportunity to chat with him was his spirit of generosity and his love for the craft. Of course, he's had a ton of commercial success, being in shows like The Wire, Deuce, The Good Wife, in plays like The Producer, the list goes on really. But his love for acting, storytelling, and the craft is infectious. As he mentioned, separate the craft from the career and business side of things. Of course, the business side is important, but as artists, we must never lose focus of what we do, which is to tell the truth through the prism of character, whether it's on film, TV, or on the stage, to explore and express the entire spectrum of humanity. In Pablo Picasso's words, art washes away the dust of everyday life. I'm also extremely aligned with Michael's approach to auditioning and working on material and character. As he mentioned, by simply quote unquote trying to be different or trying to stand out, actors can fall into the trap of making illogical choices that are not rooted in the authenticity of the material. Really investigate the material to understand what the writer is trying to convey. The clues are always there if you look hard enough. And express the truth of the material while while bringing your own authenticity to it. You are unique just by the virtue of being you. You don't need to be or do anything more. That in itself will make you stand out.
I'm very grateful to Michael for sharing his time and make sure you go to his workshop, Audition Psych 101 at the Reality Curve film slash TV audition event in Vancouver on March 3rd. His workshop, Five Lines and Under, is already sold out, so stay tuned for the next one. Also, do check out his website, www.auditionpsych101.com to stay updated on Michael's upcoming workshops and a ton of resources for actors about auditioning, motivation, and positive thinking, and also weekly videos where Michael shares his thoughts and tips on auditioning. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time.